Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Well, the supercars aren't far away from returning for the first time in three months. going to be very, very busy in Sydney there, and there's no one better to talk about it than the, the world of motorsport than Greg Murphy, who also hosts our race control show here on SENZ with Stephen McIver at 7pm on a Thursday night. So, uh, Murph, uh, I guess you get a little bit itchy when you see uh, those uh, keys going on and those engines start revving because it's uh, very close now. Yes, Smitty, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, if I'm excited, I can only imagine, um, you know, some of the diehard supercar fans, and there's uh, heaps of them around the place who be looking forward to it. I mean, it's, it, the problem being that it's been such a big gap, probably uh, a lot of people might have um, forgotten that the championship was still going to continue. So, you know, with um, four rounds back-to-back to back-to-back to back to back, uh, happening at Sydney Motorsport Park starting this weekend and then a couple of weeks and then uh, the, the latest ever, Bathurst 1000 on the 5th of December. Um, there's plenty of supercars action to have happen, and uh, yeah, there's going to be lots to talk about. Well, Murph, uh, you know, when we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, we sort of have, um, we've just been looking for the, the green light to get things underway, and we haven't focused that closely on perhaps individual performers. But who should we, be, who should we really be looking out for on this track, bearing in mind uh, four in a row? They're going to get used to it very quickly. Yeah, they're going to get used to it, but what I really like about it too is what we've seen over the last uh, couple of years, not just in supercars, but other categories around the world too, but, you know, what happens when you, you go to a racetrack, you have your first weekend, and, and often, you know, you, you, you lock away the, what you've learned, you put it in the, the data bank, and then you, you come back the following year. This time around, you know, you, you've got, you've got uh, four or five days to have a think about it, make some changes, and try some new stuff, and... And what, what is really cool and what that's meant is that teams get the chance to have another crack straight away um, with what they've learned. And what we've seen is, is results change. You know, performances alter markedly between week on week. Um, and this time around, um, you get to do it four times. So, you know, I actually think it works really well because it, uh, it does, you know, move things up, mix up the, the order a little bit. Um, because the, especially for the teams that maybe don't have the, the full resource, as much resources for the big teams, the Triple Eights or the DJRs of the world with all the, the real super clever people and, and uh, teams have got everything. Um, the, the teams with the lesser resource, you know, they've still got smart people. They might not have uh, as many to be able to do all the work in such a quick time. Um, but they, so on the weekend, they, they tend to maybe be a little bit behind the eight ball if things aren't quite right. But Give them a week, they get to you know have a look and sort it out and and, and change the cars and 
apply it differently and, and tend to actually mix it up a bit. So, you know, that's that's something we we you know I'm looking forward to watching. I'm sure a lot of the uh, the fans will as well. You know, seeing how different teams manage that and and uh, evolve over a uh, you know a decent period of time. Well, logically speaking, they get extra time, don't they? Because there's no travel involved between venues. Yep. Yeah, yeah, everyone's sitting around and, and the teams get to not have to travel and, and not have to focus on, on getting back to the workshop, unpacking, um, and then you know packing up again, all that kind of stuff. So it, it takes the edge off, albeit they are having to be very committed to being away for a, you know, a decent period of time away from um, family and the likes. But uh, you know, it does have its pros, certainly got cons, but it does have its pros. But at the end of the day, you know, out the box um, this weekend after such a, a long break, you know, I really... Can't go past, you know, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, Cam Waters, Chaz Mostert, Jamie Wincup, you know, the, the guys that are at the top of the, the uh, sheets at the moment in, in the championship, you know, they, you know, they thrive on these kinds of things and they have a huge amount of confidence in their ability to, to turn it on and, and get going again. But, you know, there's bound to be um, a couple of spanners in there that uh, will be unexpected. So now that we're up and running, um, can you just map out what you, you envisage the rest of the season looking like? You know, Van Gisbergen has got a pretty good lead. I think it's two hundred and seventy something points uh, in the championship, and you know that's that's a a pretty ha- handy, healthy kind of buffer that he's got over his teammate. Um, but I think um, you know that doesn't mean that it's a given, especially with uh, with a Bathurst. If he leaves Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, after these four rounds with 300 points, uh, championships has. So that'll be a big talking point for quite a long long while to see how that all plays out. But, um, you know, with Bathurst at the end of it, the championship can still change. Um, there's been so many driver announcements over the last um, couple of months about pe- people changing race teams um, without actually going racing. It means that there's a bunch of guys in, in race teams that are only... They know that... Uh, uh, Bathurst is going to be their last round and then they're moving on to different teams and that, that sometimes changes the, the attitudes of, of drivers and how they go about their business which can be good, can be bad, can be good for us, can be bad for them, vice versa um, so you know the, Todd Hazelwood has announced that he's, he's leaving Brad Jones Racing, you've got Andre Heimgartner that's leaving KGR and, and going to Brad Jones Racing, there's another announcement I think coming tonight about Nick Perkett what he's doing, um, the shifts and the moves have, have been phenomenal but there's been some that have been locked in place too, like Cam Waters, who's signed a new deal with um, with Tickford for a decent amount of time. Um, so that locks him away and, and gives him that, that um, knowledge and and security moving forward. And and he is he's a hot property. You know, he really is hot at the moment. And Tickford would have had to work pretty hard, I reckon, uh, to make sure that they they uh, promise him what he needs to do the job. And I I see him as a as a title contender. If you know, he still is this year. He still is at the moment, but it's it's. It's going to be a tough ask, but I see him, you know, really exciting moving forward. So, is he going to just uh, throw caution to the wind and, and go for win this year? Um, uh, without doubt, he's going to want to win. Um, but does it change now that uh, we've got a structure to the end of the season? I think he's going to be really exciting, and he's going to continue to put pressure on Shane, um, maybe more so than anyone else. So, um, I'm looking forward to that battle happening. Jamie Wincup, you know, finishing his career at the end of the year, full time career. Um, you know what's uh, what mindset has he got? Is he just going to be there to help his teammate? There's a good chance that I think he's he's going to put a lot of support in, um, to Shane to make sure that Triple Eight win this championship. Um, so that could be a pretty interesting watch. Um, but at, at the end of it, there's a, there's a lot of unknowns after this break. That um, you know, and a lot of changes that we know are coming that uh, just might change the way people go about their 
their racing, which is great for the fans because, um, you know, it's uh, a little bit of uncertainty and unknown uh, heading into this, this last part of the championship is, is, could mean we're going to get some, some unexpected results. Uh, let's turn to uh, Formula One, Murph, if we can, please. Uh, Max Verstappen, the Belgian-born Dutchman that, that he is uh, these days, um, uh, winning the US Grand Prix, which was uh, an amazing uh, win for him. And, uh, of course, now that just that uh, heats up at that contest between he and Lewis Hamilton is, is really right on as, as they approach the end of the, uh, of the season. Uh, he's another interesting character, this Max Verstappen. He's the son of uh, Joss Verstappen, who was, was a Dutch Formula One driver. But here's a kid who started, uh, I found out, he started driving uh, in Formula One uh, at an age before he actually was allowed to drive on the streets around the Formula One track. I mean, uh, that's, to me, that's, uh, put that into perspective for us. Oh, it's totally crazy. Totally crazy. Need a dispensation to drive a Formula One car. Um, Red Bull obviously uh, had done their due diligence. They they recognised uh, a young man that was going to be a star, and and uh, they didn't get that wrong, have they? I mean, he he is uh, clearly uh, a step above, like he and Lewis Hamilton, a step above the rest, um, and they're creating this amazing battle. But you're right. I mean, you put that in perspective. I, th- I suppose. Um, it's like Liam Lawson tomorrow, really. Um, actually, I mean, Liam's probably uh, is going to be older now before he drives a Formula One car than, than when Max was actually racing one, um, which is just phenomenal. We know how good Liam is, and uh, I'm pretty certain he's going to be in Formula One at some stage in the near future. But, you know, Max has already won Grand Prix. He's a championship contender. He's a, the leader of the world championship after such a short period of time um, doing the job. And, and, and it is phenomenal. And that, that comes down to some uh, pretty special genes in there and, and Yoss wasn't overly successful in the old Formula 1 scenario but man he's, uh, he's built a, uh, a replica of himself and his son who um, has got everything and more and, and is going to prove to be uh, one of the best ever f- uh, drivers in Formula 1. It's, it's an amazing story and the weekend was was phenomenal because it, it looked at the beginning that Mercedes had a, a quite a large advantage and Red Bull turned that around and the strategic plan uh, with Max getting pole and then uh, losing the start, their, their strategy to, to get back in front and and uh, the confidence they had in that young man to, to do his job at, at, at a level that most us mere mortals could only dream of um, was, mm. was incredible. And it was actually an enthralling battle to watch. Even though there wasn't any passing on the track between them, the, the, the battle, the mental battle between the two, and that started during the weekend. Max was throwing off some, some pretty interesting uh, words at Lewis Hamilton during the practice and, and the lead-up to the event. So there was a bit of, you know, um, knife-throwing going on, and that's obviously been brought about by the, the, the contact and the, the on-track stuff that they have been involved in this year, which has been, again, what's made Formula 1 so interesting. Um, but for him to come out on top and mentally, I suppose, get that job done was huge for him. You could see Lewis was working as hard as he could and, and, and paid tribute to the performance of Max. So, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was an amazing race on the weekend to see those two doing what they're doing. And the championship is uh, still very, very much alive. And I actually wouldn't like to put money on it, on who, was, who might take it out this year. Well, it's confirmed we boast uh, another world champion, uh, Courtney Duncan. We talked last week, uh, she had to... Uh, performed creditably in the last round. She did. She wrapped up her third world championship in style. Uh, and uh, who's to stop her? I mean, where's it going to stop for her? It's, it's hard to imagine her uh, losing interest uh, at the level that she's at now. Oh, isn't it awesome? Um, yeah, we're really 
unfortunately don't get to celebrate these kinds of things the way we, we should uh, at the moment with COVID, but, um, you know, uh, the tenacity that, that, that young lady's got and, and obviously clearly the ability that she's got is uh, is staggering and, and um, you know, deserves everything she gets from it. So we're actually, again, going to have a chat to her tomorrow night on race control. She's uh, going to come on and we'll uh, congratulate her um, for what she's achieved. So I'm really looking forward to that. But, yeah, I mean, you, the physicality, the, the mental side of, of motocross and what you've actually got to do, the, what you you know, putting your body on the line literally, um, just is is phenomenal. So to, to be able to prepare for that and and make that happen and and be as good as what you need to be um, on a motocross bike to achieve that, you know, she's uh, she is a star. She is absolutely a star. Um, what else, uh, prospectively, have you got lined up for tomorrow night at seven, Murph? Uh, so tomorrow we're actually um, I think we're going to be able to speak to Simon Crafer, um, Kiwi. Motorcycling, uh, motorcycling racer who currently works in the uh, pit for MotoGP. So he's one of the commentators there. Gets to speak to all the uh, the superstars riding those incredible machines. And and uh, uh, Fabio Quattararo was crowned um, MotoGP World Champion on the weekend after a, uh, another amazing event um, in Italy. It was uh, Valentino Rossi's last race. Uh, on Italian soil as a MotoGP rider, so that was obviously pretty emotional. And, and Fabio Quattararo, the first ever French uh, MotoGP world champion. So uh, we're going to talk to Simon and cover off all those bits and pieces with that. Um, also, we're going to speak to probably not many people um, would know, but Martin Short, uh, who young Kiwi guy, who has been given the role of of being engineer at Triple Eight next year for Brock Feeney as well. So um, Martin's worked his way through the ranks over in Australia with Triple Eight over the last few years and done a, an amazing job. So we're going to have a little chat to him because he's been given the task of chief engineer there uh, for one of those cars. So that's a, that's a pretty big endorsement by them. So, yeah, we're, and those guys plus uh, a few more as well. Well, Murph, sounds like a very full show. Uh, thanks very much for your, your contribution and update on uh, particularly what's happening in those supercars for us. Uh, this morning. Uh, have uh, a good remainder to the week. Thank you. Thanks.